All right, so we're into it. Uh, season four, episode three of the Art Fight Podcast here with uh, Adam Ross. And, and listen, like there's so many things that you do, so why don't you just get into it and just t- say it in your own words because I don't know where the where the where to be where it begins and ends and that's a lot of what we'll get into right but um but thank you for being here and thanks oh, for coming no it's my pleasure and thank you for being here joe it's my pleasure too. all right all right <laughs> um uh, but yeah so t- you know obviously there's who w- am i there's words there's there's all kinds of things that you who, who are you, you yes you make a lot of things happen um so uh and you've even single-handedly what like saved one of the most uh, important uh, literary uh, sort of legacies in in this part of the world. Well, I've, uh, this well, the so th- that's one of the things I do. I'm, I'm <laughs> the, uh, is, is I save a literary magazine. Uh, no, I mean I, I'm the editor in chief of the Swanee Review. Currently, it's the <clears throat> it's the oldest continuously published literary quarterly in America. So it's been published since 1892, uh, it's and it is. It really is badass because uh, the the remarkable thing about the Sewanee Review, which is of course based at the University of the South, um, is that it, it it's the history of the magazine is that the greatest writers in American literature have have flowed through it, have have published in it. Um, Alan Tate, Marianne Moore. Wallace Stevens, T.S. Eliot, Eudora Welty, Eudora Welty, yeah. um, <clears throat> all the you know Flannery O'Connor. Yeah, uh, the list is endless. But then you you know and Andre Debus, uh, John Jeremiah Sullivan, and then current luminaries like Lauren Groff, Stephanie Danler, um, Alice McDermott. Um, great poets like Donica Kelly up and comers like Tiana Clark new young guns like Edgar Kuntz um, and then you know major people Pulitzer winners like uh, Michael Cunningham uh, National Book Critics Circle Award winners like Ben Fountain uh, Richard Russo the Pulitzer Prize winner John Meacham the Pulitzer Prize winner I mean it's who is also a Sewanee grad I mean uh, it when I I was I was uh tapped by a national search committee to apply for the job uh, uh, back in 2016 it was a very long uh and rigorous process um uh and uh at the time i was wearing my other hat which was a full-time writer i um i'm also a, an author of two books for knaf uh, uh mr peanut and ladies and gentlemen i was working I was in the middle of my third novel. Um, I'm sorry, my third book, which is a novel called Play World, and um, and this opportunity presented itself to modernize the review, which had um, really, um, I mean, it still had its 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 remarkable DNA, but it but it hadn't it hadn't kept up. It hadn't modernized like a lot of other lit, lit mags, and so um, you know, as I got closer to the job and the job became potentially more of a reality i talked to my editor about it gary fiskichon gary fiskichon who's a part-time nashville uh native i'm sorry nashville resident and who is also a legendary editor uh edits people has edited people like everyone from joy williams to richard ford to richard russo to jay mcinerney um uh he was like you know he was like it'll slow you down on your current book but you got to do it um and it's been, uh, I mean, frankly, it's been an absolute dream job. N- not, not just for the satisfaction of getting the word out to so many people about both the review's history and what its new iteration looks like and, and, and reaching more and more readers all the time, but uh, it's, it's a collaborative job. Um, it, it, is, it, is, it is the job of... Um, we were talking earlier about having conversations. It's the job. It's the, it's a job of having conversations with people primarily on the page. And, 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 and there's a wonderful thing about that, which is that you meet these writers that you've either admired for, from afar or her, or are up and coming and brand new voices. And they astonish you just by their voice. They sit you down. 
they they, they put their magical grip on you and um, the most exciting thing about the job for me is is that very thing is with all the submissions we get and with all the material that's turned into us from again people across the continuum of experience whether they're you know people who've received the highest accolades in American lit or they're just brand new voices to 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 have that experience of what we call at the office authority where somebody just makes you believe every word they say about a particular experience is right awesome so like a confident assertion of any in any medium ultimately is just that even if it's somebody that's rough around the edges or perhaps doesn't have all this experience there's always you know that's how every movement happens right it's oh yeah i mean mean, think think about it this way you know we were also talking you guys were talking a little bit about bands and music before remember remember the first time you heard nirvana for instance yeah and whether or not nirvana was your thing you could not help but be like that is big sound mm-hmm. yeah um you know it, it it's like the first time i heard kings of leon i'm like that is big sound and to me that's that's a musical analogy mm. that you that you run into uh in that industry where somebody comes along and it's just kind of like va va voom and yeah. you're just like and and, mm-hmm. and 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 frankly it's a kind of you know it when you see it experience mm-hmm. so so and so what 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 always cracks me up uh whether it's it's people i run into you know you run into writers at conferences who ask you questions like you know what's your taste you know what's your what's your aesthetic like what do you look for and I, to which i say my friend i don't i have no idea I mean, I mean, I, I am, I am standing at the back of the boat, watching the wake widen, and and you know, my back is to the future in that way. Stuff comes my way, stuff comes across my desk, and it paints a portrait of my taste. You know what I mean? Right. You're not trying to fill some sort of a uh, uh, categorized portfolio of just um, I need some of this flavor and some of that flavor, or, or you know, it's it is you know that. What's great is that if you're at you know or involved in in such a pivotal publication and storied and, and you know all of that there's you know a lot of weight to it then that probably lets a lot of things well up underneath it that you can kind of uh choose from in a way that's um it's you have you have more armaments to sort of commit to things like that and from an editorial standpoint or for just from a curation standpoint because it's one you know you're you're not in a position of well, we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, and, and and by the way, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think yeah. I think curation is a part of it in the sense that uh, to go back to a musical uh, analogy, <laughs> you know, you feel like you're putting together a great mixtape mm. with every issue. However, of course, there are concerns that are not so much extra literary, but that pay attention to what the how wide open the field is today. You know, um, this gets misconstrued by people as some kind of quota system or you know, uh, you know. Let's let, let let's publish a little bit of a person of this flavor and a person of that flavor and this ethnicity and that. There was certainly when I took over the review, a gender imbalance to recognize and correct, which is easy because <laughs> right. the most, you know, some of the most exciting voices in literature, most of the most exciting voices in literature right now are women. Yeah, and because uh, the, you know, the broad. Uh, you know, kind of like ethnoculture variability, var- var- variousness of like voices out there right now. It's a, it's it's a it's kind of a smorgasbord right now, and it's far less hierarchical, right? Um, let me, you know, on on a, on, a, on an X Y axis, uh, it's it's <laughs> the Y axis. It's the horizontal axis right now that is, I think, more important than necessarily the X axis, right? I mean, like, um, it it's it's it's. Uh, there's a lot of depth in 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 the great breadth of American literature right now, mm-hmm. and so it's so so it's an interesting time, um, you know. <clears throat> With that in mind, like what 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 are some of the strategies you're using, or some of the the hurdles you've run into when you're when you are confronting this new deep breadth of American literature that's out there? You're trying to bring this publication up to date. And you also don't want to lose that DNA that you talked about. Of course not. And so, so how do you balance those challenges? Well, so 
what you have to do, well, what I have found I've had to do is, is stretch my tendrils into as many areas as possible. Some of it is really being heavily connected with New York publishing because New York publishing has its own periscope up or lookout tower out for these kinds of new voices. You know, again, not because it's the flavor, but because there's just a lot of energy coming out of there. It is also, you know, another major part of it is talking to my own very broad network of writers that I know about who they've read, um, who excites them, and or, or who they're teaching, and uh, you know, and and then also as you bring more of those people into your publication. You have to do a really good job on the social media slash marketing front of signaling that this is a new day mm -hmm. and that exerts gravitational force. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, and so to me, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll get cocksure here, but I mean, I feel like we're right now, I feel like we're publishing the best lit mag in America. Um, and our job is to just, put that in as many hands as we can and let the news spread. And I, and I don't mean that I don't want to, I don't want I don't want to make it sound like an, I'm in some kind of agon with all the other great publications out there, whether it's Granta or Kenyon review, it's not, it's not a Paris massive review. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's not like, yeah. it's, it's not like yo Kenyon review and Paris review. We're calling you out where we're, you know, like, like, Oh, so we're, you know, like we're going to, we're going <laughs> to slap and fist bump and throw down. I just mean that, you, you know, uh, this this DNA of this sort of remarkable publication has been reactivated mm -hmm. in a very particular way, um, uh, not in a dangerous Jurassic Park way, but uh, uh, but in a in a way that's kind of new and fresh and exciting, and um, and and it's a good thing. Um, I think there's something strangely universal about just the the cause of being involved in whatever field or medium or. Um, you know sort of culture that you're in everybody has to sort of part of being alive is just this responsibility of taking something that has started to sort of die on the vine a little bit that was born of a really sincere and you know uh, solid impetus or whatever and then now you're faced with like I have to sort of you know the whole it seems reductive to say like uh, to sort of aim this at a new generation or you know whatever right but that's ultimately what it is so you're forced to sort of look at everything analyze everything that, that that it is and then figure out what are the elements to bring forward and what things are meant to be fanned out or modulated or deleted or god knows whatever i mean that just seems like a that just seems like a lot and what's one of the you know obviously uh you're you're here because you, you also practice martial arts and uh you know like <laughs> i i think that when we watch fights and we we're watching you know martial arts combat you know or or these kinds of things i, I I, you get attached to certain performers, fighters, whatever, and you see them go through these careers. And what's interesting is that the, the you see this happening in martial arts massively. Like, but it happen, what's interesting is that the martial arts, uh, especially mixed martial arts, right now is, it's growing so fast that you're seeing people cycle through that that um, generational um, sort of handoff so quickly like within five you know four or five years is kind of like an entire lifetime it's all it's all growing so fast i mean yeah. i mean i'm gonna geek out for a second yeah, but, yeah. but you know uh last night on youtube as i was, <laughs> <laughs> as I was trying to fall asleep i rewatched the uh uh polaris versus 10th planet match um you know no gi submission match where it was you know five fighters each mm -hmm. um and so you know, no gi, mm -hmm. no gi jujitsu is exploding. Mm -hmm. Jujitsu, which already you know had a, a gigantic international um, practice and even following, is exploding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I th I think I think one of the you know sort of slam dunk business models you could do is open a dojo. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. like you know, people will come. Um, do you know Do you know Sean Patton? I don't. Oh, because we had him on, and that's uh, yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, people are people are seizing, you know, and people with a, a new business acumen to apply towards the martial arts paradigm are really, I think, rising to the top 
quickly. I'm not sure how you know well all that's going for everybody or whatever, but there's just a new a new look at how those things are being sort of marketed and yeah. and and the stories being told. And it's and it's and it's, and it's exciting the 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 degree to which I sort of obsess on jujitsu now and become just so uh, enamored of the various styles of certain people I watch, for instance, obviously like the Mendez brothers in uh, uh, at Art of Jiu-Jitsu, <clears throat> um, is, uh, is, is the same thing that, that uh, gets me uh, jacked about watching some of, you know, John Donaher's Mm-hmm. Uh, a, 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 a squad, which is the the individual styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, martial arts, like great literature, at its highest practice is is the is is the expression of style. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some and people express it with that authority you were talking about exactly. In yeah no i mean exactly um and uh um you know it was it was very fun for instance the nashville scene article that i wrote about artista which is the which is the dojo that you're in and which is in green hills neighborhood in nashville yes correct um uh, uh run by felix garcia started by felix garcia um one of the most fun parts to write about that uh, I mean, it was all fun. It was it was it was a very easy article to, article to write, which is not always the case. But one of the most fun parts was to describe Hoffa Mendez, um, because watching Hoffa Mendez, uh, the the article begins with a description of Hoffa Mendez during the seminar, is to see a guy who has this like uh, neo like speed and, <laughs> and, 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 and vision, um, where he just seems to to be in a different place on the space time continuum mm-hmm. and, and, and therefore kind of like a hummingbird, mm-hmm. everyone around him seems to be moving 10 times slower. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yet with both Hoffa and Guy Mendez, there is an aspect to the way they move that is balletic light, um, uh, uh, gravity defying what's incredible about them to me is is their command of space around their opponents the yeah. way they the way they seem to be able to dictate when and how they will engage in terms of proximity mm-hmm. um uh and 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 so it's it, it it's just uh it, it's it's so related to writing my 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 i i was very fortunate when i was a, a writing student to work with two really remarkable writers William Gass and Stanley Elkin and Stanley Elkin used to say Stanley Elkin was one of the last truly funny writers mm-hmm. in America um, I, I mean I think the I think the only person maybe as funny as Elkin is maybe Laurie Moore but um, Philip Roth Philip Roth at his best uh, n- no doubt yeah. um, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Kelly Link um but um yes r.i.p that was that was hard um uh stanley elkin used to say the greatest revenge a writer can have is the revenge of style and what he meant was that you would read something and it would be elkin-esque only stanley elkin could have written that only hafa mendez Mm. can move like that only John Donaher mm-hmm. sees the sees the no gi game in such a way that he has transformed the way we think about fifty percent of the body, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, and then really, I think what, what then then what we're talking about there and what we're getting jazzed on is just and goes back to what we started this conversation about is is like innovation. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. I mean, I mean yep. um, and 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 and. I definitely, I definitely get jazzed on any kind of innovation, whether it's in writing or martial arts. Mm-hmm. And some of it's uneasy, right? Like some of it's, some of it's maybe not. So some things are under the guise of innovation that are actually giant steps backwards. So mm-hmm. it's about this weird continual 
evaluation of mm-hmm. an application and iteration of these ideas to figure out what's what's really going to stick and 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 should stick and versus you know versus what things are actually um you know uh not not the best ideas some you know you have to have that those periods too or just to understand what's sort of a unique outlier of an occurrence and shouldn't necessarily be declarative for the principles and concepts of all things going forward well, yeah. I mean, yeah. and then, and then yeah. to, to put my editor hat back on that's the i would say that's it's not so much an anxiety you know i don't i don't when i make decisions to publish things i'm not like oh dear you know it's what will this mean if i publish it? Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know because you, you like stuff and you feel good but but you you certainly are trying to really assess based on how much you've read what you know what's out there is this and this is another great expression we have we stole it i stole it from william gaddis but the expression we have at the office is does it bring news does it bring news william gaddis the 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 novelist his uh, the, the 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 modernist his 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 great sort of uh mantra was bring me the news and and um and so when when we at the office have a story that we like we sort of we we ask ourselves the following things does it have authority does it bring news in other words does it tell us a story we may have heard before in a way that's really original and then finally the last criteria and uh this is this is much closer to the answer that someone in a in an audience at a conference might get finally there's what we call stickiness and stickiness is when you read something and you can't shake it for days yeah yeah and i and and as an editor and by that i mean i don't just mean now as a curator but i mean the person who sits down with people's words and helps them refine them burnish their sentences flints out unnecessary things um i will i will do a lot of work for a writer who may be rough around the edges but has high levels of stickiness I'll, 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 I'll give you an example there's a there's a there's a story if he's listening to this i hope he doesn't take this wrong there's a story by a guy uh named boyce upholt that we got and again i think it was through sub- submittable which is just like our slush pile mm-hmm. um and, and I, I i'm worried i'm gonna botch the title but it was either you will only know us or you could only know us and it was about this this town in the west in the late like uh uh, 19th century where um, this doctor is doing an autopsy and he finds this this kind of ridged outline on the back of someone who's died and he cuts it open and um, the person has these kind of like half-grown wings and everyone in the town becomes obsessed with the idea of whether or not they have these wings because only the people in the town seem to have these wings they're not fully grown mm-hmm kind of like wing bones and they want to figure out they feel like it's some kind of blessing and they want to know what it means that first image in that story of this of this like kind of like pterodactyl wing nubs wing nubs popping out (laughs) yeah like that's amazing nailed me so hard to my chair and and had similar imagery of that kind of amplitude the story needed a lot of editing and i think we arrived at a great great piece but i was like i'm i'm shepherding this thing <laughs> like mm. i'm shepherding this thing into the world because <laughs> because if this and, and and that to me is like a good litmus test it's like if that rocked me then this person with a little help from us is going to rock a lot of people mm-hmm. why because i've read a lot of stuff and so and so then i so i that's that that's the degree to which i sort of that's the closest thing I have to taste and, and what I and instinct and gut and what yeah. I trust. I like yeah. those rules a lot. The stickiness rule to me is something that, that I I mean it's not even something I go to a lot, but it's something that I'm just I'm literally stuck with it because <laughs> I can't forget this stupid movie or I, this song will not leave me alone in a good way. Or, you know, or I remember the first time that I came across uh, there was back in the old days when the Belcourt Theater was being run by Watkins. Okay, this is I remember. old school Nashville, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've all been here for a while. <laughs> but uh, they had a Cassavetes uh, retrospective 
And I thought, oh, okay, Cassavetes. Yeah, I've heard of him. I've always been interested. I want to maybe I'll see some of his movies. So I went to. Uh, they had like two movies playing one afternoon, two movies another afternoon, two movies another afternoon. It was like it was like everything he'd done. So I went to the first movie one afternoon. It's like matinee time, and I, I go see this movie. And um, uh, when I went to go see the movie, I asked the lady. I said, "Hey, is this like a double feature, or do I have to pay for each movie?" She's like, "I tell you what, if you can sit through the first one, you can stay for the second one." <laughs> and so that was my introduction to John Cassavetes. But I watched like five of his movies, and basically they just bugged the shit out of me for like a year, mm-hmm. and I just was like. I kind of don't even like these movies, but I cannot stop thinking about these movies. And then I realized later that it's like, yeah, and then little by little, he's become one of my favorite directors, some of the best films that I've ever seen. And and that nowadays, it's like, man, it's not the thing that just like, that I fall in love with immediately. Nowadays, it's like, the thing that bugs me is the thing that I end up really learning to just love, you know? Or, yeah, or it's kind of like when things go by, they go past your field of judgment or consideration on any level, they just... Yeah. They just bypass everything and go right to the center of your brain to where you're you're already you're trying like, to like, catch like up with how you feel about it, but you're, it's already got you. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> well, like, I mean, guys, I mean, there's a <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> the worst thing you could ever say to a novelist. If I'm putting on my novelist hat now, uh-huh. the worst thing you ever want to hear from a reader. You mean someone? Oh, yeah, Adam Ross. I read I read your book of short stories. I read Mr. Peanut. The worst thing they could say to you is, oh, really? What'd you think? And they're like, it's okay. You know, like, <laughs> that's not what I want. I, yeah. want th- I want someone to be like either that book, I, f- I freaking hated that book and threw it across the room, yeah, or right. I could not put that down. I mean, you don't, because because getting under the skin mm. of, of people, to me, that's, um, then you're, then I think you're on to you. You you you've touched something. Um, now now, there there's crap that deserves to be thrown across the room, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, don't do it, Joe. But 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 then but mm-hmm. you know, but but strong reactions and and what, again, what you're talking about the stuff that st- stays with you. Um, I've also always you know, uh, even as a even as a teacher or in working with my staff, it's important. Um, it's important also to, you know, cultivate an attitude when it comes to difficult texts, poetry, for instance, that seems initially baffling to be like, you know what, let's sit with this for a while. Let's just wait. And invariably, um, material that is of the highest quality has a weird way after two nights of sleeping on it of suddenly opening out to you right mm-hmm. and uh it sort of argues for itself in a weird way and you're like you know what i believe I, i'm on board <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean again I, I love your i love your cassavetti story uh because um i think that uh i think that art like martial arts uh it rewires your neural pathways mm-hmm. and 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 great art is a form of Vulcan mind meld um, <laughs> with another consciousness. Uh, I'll tell you guys two good stories. Um, I will never forget reading Cormac McCarthy's first novel, The Orchard Keeper. Um, and I bring this up not because the Swanee Review was first to publish him back in, I think, 1962. Oh, that's great. But because... Um, and I believe they published an excerpt from The Orchard Keeper. But because at the time, my, my editor, Gary Fiskichon, was editing um, the Border Trilogy, All the Pretty Horses, um, uh, The Crossing, and Cities of the Plain. And um, I hadn't read Cormac McCarthy at the time. This is, this is in the 90s. And Gary's like, oh my God, you know, get a life. He's like, go, <laughs> go, you know, go read Sutri. And... Um, I, I went and read Sutri, and it completely blew my mind. It's 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 like one of the greatest Knoxville, Tennessee books ever written. But then, if, but then I was in this habit of of reading, since I was since I was an aspiring writer, I would my, my general sort of reading practice was to read one author straight through. So I went to his first book, The Orchard Keeper, and it's kind of a shitty book. I mean, it's like not a great book. But there's this one scene in the book where there's a group of people at a bar that is positioned on the edge of a cliff and the bar 
in this scene falls off the cliff. And it's a description of what's happening inside the bar when it falls off the cliff. And the imagery is so stratospheric. Huh. And so, and it has such a high level of get under your skinness, stickiness. That is one of those things. It was, a, it was an object lesson for me, both as a writer and ultimately as an editor, where I was like, anyone who could write something like this has the potential to be truly great. And so sometimes as an editor, um, there, there, there may be things that I've published that, um, you know, are, are a little bit like a bad kid's drawing where the head is a little too large and the right hand is a little too big and then the right left foot is small. But that head is so great <laughs> yeah. that, that, you know, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in on that particular writer because I'm going to trust that down the road, not in a kind of feather in your cap, oh, I saw it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one writer we've been publishing. We still say that, though. Well, 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 well there's, there's, this one writer, there's this one writer we've been publishing, Sadiq Fafana. We, we've, we've published three of the stories from his inter interconnected uh, collection of, of short stories. Um, and um, I, I'm not saying this as, as credit to me, but I just know that when that guy, when that guy's book yeah. comes out, yeah. he's going to freaking take over the world and people are going to be like, how come nobody saw this coming? Yeah. And it's not that you get to be like, well, I did, but it's more like, you know, we, we got to at least participate in, in shepherding him. Mm -hmm. So as far as like all this uh, sort of uh, need to kind of, whatever you want to call it, modernize or move things forward in a new way, I, I can't help but just from a pretty outside point of view, just like I find myself, uh, let me back up. I was in a meeting about a year ago, um, a corporate type of meeting. And I, I said the word, this is literally, I said, I said, uh, I, you know, I was talking about whatever I was talking about, some probably marketing type thing or something. And I was like, but this is anecdotal. And this is like with, you know, executives that have far more education than I do and people that have far greater societal standing than I would ever have probably. And I'm certainly not a member of that country club and probably wouldn't be. But anyway, the point is I said the word anecdotal and I got the room stopped on just that word and between the sort of 20 somethings and the 40 somethings and the 50 something, like everybody universally stopped and it was like, and then somebody had to literally ask me w w what that meant. <laughs> and then it was sort of like, and, and then it's sort of little wisecracks about why do you have to use such, you know, I got, I got, um, $9 words. I got pulled through it all the time. Like where people were like, you're, why do you have to use all these big words? And I'm like, <laughs> like anecdotal. I'm like, you went to, I'm like, you fucking graduated from college. <laughs> yeah, you, don't you know, know the word anecdotal like, like, so wh why am I, you know? And so for me, it was seemed it, it was uh it wasn't like i was leaning into how i was saying it like and i consider this data to be anecdotal you know <laughs> yeah. wink wink you know i wasn't trying to be an asshole about it. i was just saying words just because that's what it that was the best word to use mm -hmm. and to uh, describe the data to describe <laughs> or just to describe how we should you know um uh weigh the the, the what gravity we give that data mm -hmm. versus our decision making or whatever mm -hmm. and uh people need to read more well, well, but here's the thing like you know so so i guess what i'm wondering is um uh when you're in the position of looking to modernize something and if i'm looking at it from the outside i'm i'm thinking oh my god because i i feel like language is dying and and from a just a purely linguistic standpoint certainly there are changes and evolutions but i see them mostly as devolutions and that's probably a little bit of a <clears throat> uh, older guy point of view about it or something like these kids today get yeah. off my lawn you know but but i feel like the words are dying and i feel like the nuanced thinking is dying i um i don't i don't fully agree i mean i i think that uh, i'm also a nihilist well <laughs> I, I i don't fully agree just because um from my corner of the universe language is uh, alive and well and living on a mountain mm -hmm. in Mont Eagle mm -hmm. in Sewanee, Tennessee. Sure. Um, uh, I guess I'm meaning in the broader culture. Well, yeah. there, there are certainly, uh, there, uh, there are certainly a lot of things going on in our culture 
we were talking earlier about the not just the narrowness of social media, but the the way in which social media it's the new primal utterance asks <laughs> a, a, asks asks for simplification and impression as opposed to nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say that you know the the thing I sort of worry most for in, not in American culture right now <coughs> is the um is the lack of time we have to read and the way in which reading is under threat by our phones by uh by media more broadly um the the, the 24 new news news 24 hour news cycle and mm. keeping up with that thanks to turner um, and 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 then also the the just the sheer amount of data that we in our post postmodern lives have to have to field, organize, swim through, throw out, trash, um, in order to get through the day. I, I I'm not. This is not an original statement, but I mean I'm, I'm I I don't remember who I'm plagiarizing it from, but I think one of the reasons why zombie movies are so beloved yeah. is because you freaking move through your workday killing zombies. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, wow. you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're like, you know, you're like, you know, just to, yeah. just to get to stay alive sometimes it seems like, right? Um, so the protection of the quiet time and the quiet mind necessary to sit down and read, um, we are more, uh, you know, we have these little dopamine machines that we that we have to manage, um, which also have lots of crap on them and also lots of interesting stuff. And and um, and so we have to. Uh, and we're the first we're the first generation of humanity that's really had to actually come up without it and then be forced to reconcile with it with a fully born adult mind and then develop cognitively all the the muscles in the rawest way to sort of figure out how to how to do that and then the people coming up behind well you're talking about you're talking about people our age yes yes no i mean i think that we're we, it we're, man we we are we are the <laughs> we're the last we're we're the last of the mohicans i yeah. mean like we we well so we it's funny because we my favorite story about this, um, my, 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 my great friend Frank Toda, who I went to grad school with, um, he was doing, after we left grad school, we were in our early 20s, uh, he went and did a Rotary Fellowship in Papua New Guinea and Fiji. And it was, it was the dawn of the proto-internet when the internet was really just, at least for me then, uh, uh, an email system. And we you know we couldn't talk by phone um but we had this like vigorous correspondence and the thing about our email correspondence is that essentially our emails looked smelled tasted like regular snail mail letters yeah mm. and and i will never forget Dear frank come up. exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. and I will, not hey frank <laughs> yeah. hey yeah. Um, yeah 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 <laughs> f um, and I remember at the end of uh, when he was flying back and our sort of co- correspondence was over, I went to the dot matrix printer and hit, <laughs> and hit print because I needed, I wanted to have the paper mm-hmm. record of that correspondence. Yeah. And then peel and, the side bits off. But and, yeah. And, 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 you know, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my wife and I, my wife and I, you know, my wife and I wrote each other. Yeah. When, 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 you know, we met in 1991 and she went off to Europe and we wrote each other letters. Mm. And, you know, because you know, I was a grad student, man, like, you know, a couple of talks when she was abroad in Paris or wherever that you didn't, you'd be, you'd be eating ramen noodles. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I mean, remember what it was like to wait for a letter, remember what it was like to get the letter and mm-hmm. then be like, and then reread the letter. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the, it's one of the amazing differences in our culture. Again, you know, <clears throat> speeding things up in terms of talking about zombies where, uh, you know, there's only one zombie back then. You just had to kill one zombie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't just an ongoing series that they should just kill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, you know, I, 
I remember being in uh, in New York in the mid '90s, and there was like I think there was one place where you could get internet. You know, the internet cafe is what it was called. Like, <laughs> you so know, insane. but it was so weird. I remember going in there, and you know, you'd be using like Pine basically on a Unix interface, just text based type, you know, email program thing, and you'd be doing your little email in the way that you're talking about. But I remember it was like a weird bohemian rarefied experience thing it was like go to this weird thing in the village or whatever called the internet <coughs> cafe mm. and then you go in there and it was like you know uh, Rashid Ali is playing drums in here right now like that guy <laughs> that guy played with Coltrane you know what I mean <laughs> like what is going on like this was, it was such a boutique bohemian experience to have to have access to the internet to use the internet in any basic way obviously before um, user interfaces like what we have now just text based things and uh, yeah it, it, and I remember navigating around you know, New York with a plastic uh, laminated you know fast map and no money and you know just figuring it out I don't you know and then I think it's strange that that we're all everybody now can universally just say well I don't know how we ever did anything before mm. well I, I, I certainly I certainly have problems recalling what it was like to use a map. I mean, the idea of getting certain places now baffles me to know, like, how did, how did I do that? <laughs> That's just incredible that we, you know, but, you know, at the same time, um, I think we always have to be on guard about nostalgia. Yeah. You know, there, um, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a goofy Instagrammer. Like I'm not, I'm not all over it all the time. But there are also some things I, I love about oh, all yeah. forms of social media. And so, for instance, um, and I can you know, we we've seen we've seen the horrible power of it with Covington, the current like Covington case, and how things can go viral and and it can be horrible. <clears throat> I thought you were talking about Colby Covington, fighter. But but and then yeah, also yeah. but yeah. then and also I mean. Uh, uh, powerful, <laughs> you know, quote unquote influencers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. What I hate that word so much. I hate that whole concept yeah, so much. I, I, well, well, but you know, just just for the sake of uh, shared vocabulary. But yeah, you know, it is I what mean, it is. But you know, I mean, uh, we we've been fortunate at the review. Emma Roberts, the the starlet, she loves the Swanee Review. Mm. Oh, that's cool. She's got twelve million followers. Yeah. Boom. And when she occasionally, you know, shares what she likes about the review well that has an extraordinary impact on us and uh i take it all back i love influencers they're doing good things <laughs> right <laughs> no, I mean, but you know what i mean i, I mean, just I saw this fire festival documentary and i'm just like so oh, that's, I, that's awesome. why i'm just like uh what what a stressful documentary to watch you just it's <laughs> yeah. like watching a, a, a hour and a half car accident in slow motion there's one on <laughs> but, prime too that's worth watching that's more informative but not as slick all right yeah but, god but anyway <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so but that's so that's amazing, right? You can you can have that's such an exponential instant power that can be had and given to to a publication or sure. any art form or anything and that's that is the magic of what the of the interconnectedness that is you, that is now. You can get the word out, hopefully you're getting the good word out. Yeah, bring the news. Bring the news. I, I wanted to bring up the idea that just to connect more directly between like your own writing practice mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. your own uh, martial arts practice. Sure, sure. You were you were a wrestler in high yes, school, is yes, that right? That's correct. And so obviously that was a, a great introduction to the jujitsu that you do now. Yes. The the thing, especially about wrestling, I would say, although jujitsu is just also just torturous and exhausting, is that you are in a situation where you are, as they call it, you're grinding away. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and um, and as many people may know, if you sit down to write a novel or even just a short story, it can also be that kind of a thing that just deter that just requires like long term focus, determination. Yes. And so, uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me, uh, well, how are, does one actually help you with the other? There are. The, the, uh, I'm I'm gonna write an s. I'm gonna write some kind of essay at some point uh -huh. about wrestling and writing. Mm -hmm. Because first of all, just the trope of grappling, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, when you know when you're wrestling, the experience of of generally speaking of of wrestling my my high school wrestling days, there was well first there was the moment before you would start a match where you were doing everything in your limited powers 
to figure out if you could somehow get some kind of information about this person uh-huh. beforehand. The trick that would the little bit of information that might make the match easy, right? Right. Which is now you'd get on their Instagram page. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm trying to say is I'm not I'm not even talking about in terms of scouting. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the way in which when you're about to do something hard, you're like, how strong is he? How fast? What you know? You know what? And, and, and crucial and, data points you're trying to gather cru- right away. Crucial data points, <laughs> yeah. which in fact yeah. you can't get <laughs> until you lock up. Right. Yeah. And and so first and foremost, I think one of the things that you know. It's always funny, uh, you know. One of the one of the funny things that used to happen to me after I wrote my novel was, uh, well-to-do people would take me out to dinner, and you know that they'd pay, and they because they thought I could divulge some secrets, mm. and they'd be like, just like I was looking for secrets in wrestling matches mm-hmm. before I'd grapple, uh-huh. and they'd be like, you know, how do you? I mean, what? Do you, I mean, what's the what's the trick? Like, because uh-huh. you must know the trick. Uh huh. And I and what would I say to them? I'd be like, let me tell you. Uh, you, so you want to be a writer like here's what you have to do and uh, you only have to do this for a month but if you do this for a month I promise you you will know whether or not you want to be a writer are you ready and they'd be like oh my god yeah, you know like he's going <laughs> to yeah. tell me the trick yeah <laughs> and I'd be like <laughs> Monday through Friday for whatever two and a half hours you can secure without any interruption without any bullshit without any phone without any kids without whatever you're gonna sit in front of a computer and you just stay there for two and a half hours every day, five days a week for a month. And if you're not crawling out of your skin, then maybe you can do this. <laughs> because then, then when we get into the actual aspect of wrestling, and if we think of, say, the novel mm-hmm. as the thing you're wrestling, mm-hmm. it throws force at you that you have to manage redirect Mm -hmm. control ah very interesting um, and 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 not get overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. um you have to manage your energy on a day-to-day basis as you go through working on a novel you can't panic Mm mm-hmm one of the things that i've one of the things that i've noticed is really interesting especially about gi jiu-jitsu you know, is because um, uh, you know I'm I'm an average size guy. I'm you know just about five eleven, you know one eighty five, and sometimes I'll be going against much bigger guys, who if I get on top of them, they can't they they panic from claustrophobia, mm-hmm. and that's also one of the things that you learn in jujitsu that's so important that is related to novel writing, which is like relax be patient wait there's going to be periods of high levels of discomfort where you don't think you're going to get out of this writing jam Mm -hmm. and just stay cool and you will you know what i mean you you will and either in the sense of if we if we use a jujitsu metaphor you're either going to like submit Mm -hmm. to that particular in that particular bit of rolling that little embattlement that little right, that yeah. little moment of that that little ch- chapter of battle yeah. and then you're going to recalibrate and and think and uh and then finally uh and then finally here's here's a story i really love to share um it because it was it was really it was one of the great transformative moments for me as a high school wrestler because i was you know i was of i was of I don't think I, I think I won one match my freshman year. My sophomore year, I started to get more established. I was, I was a good middle school wrestler. My junior year, I was fifth in state, second in the league. My senior year, I was first in the league, first in state, went to nationals. So, Mm. so I really, you know, I started really figuring it out, but I will never forget first tournament of my freshman year. I went up against this kid from Dalton named Nick Veronis. (laughs) <laughs> who would uh, there's such great names in wrestling yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick Veronis Nick. <laughs> uh, 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 Carvalho Lestrido yeah. uh, uh, Bam Bam but anyway so um, these guys were like gods but anyway so I go up against this guy Nick Nick Veronis who ran a double arm bar series he was just you know sir, some wrestlers have one move that is unstoppable and they are tsunamists 
<laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and, and blunder buses <laughs> and, right? and, and, uh, and some wrestlers have, you know, 200 arrows in their quiver, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're Federer like in their, in their, in their vocabulary of moves. But Veronis, Veronis would get you in a double arm bar and, and, and grind you until you were paced. <laughs> and for whatever reason, it's what the, weight were you wrestling at? That, that had to be like 129 uh-huh. my freshman year. Um, and of course, he's like 18 at the time. He's a senior. He'd go on to win state, uh-huh. and he just looked like an adult, right? You right. Know, it just, yeah. I just, it, there was at it, that it, age. There's it, such a golf, right? So insane. It was. It was he, yeah. he, 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 he had he had post pubescent powers in my pre pubescent world. Like, <laughs> yeah. right. so, That's hard. So, so anyway, so so we and for so first round in my first tournament, and I'm like, I'm not getting pinned. I'm not getting pinned. That was my goal, and I will never forget this. He, I must have left so much epidural tissue on that, on that mat. I mean, he just ground my face, running double arm bars for three periods, and with like ten seconds left, he pins me. You know, first round of this tournament, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a snap for him. What I'll never forget is after he pins me with like ten seconds left in the match. He looks at me and just kind of shakes his head like, freshman, like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) And, you know, it was one of those moments where it was like, maybe I could do this. And my my very long-winded anecdotal point here is this, is that, you know what, part of it is just putting in the time, putting on the muscle, getting better, getting a taste for what that level of of hurt, harm, energy, discipline those people bring. And the only way you learn it, and this goes back to the novel, the only way you learn it is doing it. What I like to tell people, it's like, let me tell you what you learn. The, the only thing you learn about writing a novel that you get to carry over to your next novel is, is you learn how to finish a novel. Oh, That's yeah, it. yeah. You learn how to finish a novel. <laughs> it doesn't mean your next novel is gonna be good. Yeah. It just means you knew you learned what it took to now you've finish done a novel. Yeah, and 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 by the way, <laughs> the other novelists we do give each other a secret handshake. I mean, it's not, you know, it's we're we're not talking about mas- you know Masonic stuff here. But I mean, it's kind of like yeah, you finished that shit too. Like you know, good on you. Like. I may not like your work, but right. you finished the freaking novel. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like getting a purple belt or something. You're like, hey, man, I know, I know the the hours that that took and the work that that took and the yeah, dedication and that took. You know, I gotta say, I mean, like, good lord, um, uh, I, I, getting my blue belt mm-hmm. was as gratifying to me as winning state, as finishing my novel. I swear <laughs> to God, because a lot of a lot of a lot of life force went into that mm-hmm. right i mm-hmm. mean just um and the, and the beautiful thing to me about martial arts is and and this is where <clears throat> this is where good lord it is very different from writing is man you're not alone mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah it's very know, different i mean way. i mean i mean the the, the 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 if if i had to say the goofiest thing i i think i touched on this in my in my in my article for the scene but the goofiest thing is the love I feel for the people in my dojo and the degree to which, like, there's some of them, I don't know their middle names, some of them, I don't know their last names, but I know them. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, and they know me mm. <laughs> in ways that, in ways, frankly, that maybe my wife doesn't know me or my kids don't know me, right? Because um, because you've never assaulted any of them. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Know, you know, that's, that's right. Because no, but there's some, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't choked you, out yeah. any of my children. I think, so. with, you, I think with, with martial arts in general, you have some of that because you are training with other people. No matter what, you're revealing aspects of your character. Just if you're just showing up for practice every day, your karate class, that says something about you that those people... They know that about you, you know, whatever that might be. But with jujitsu, it's also like the proximity is outrageous. The proximity and, is outrageous. Uh, and the intimacy is the intimacy. No, it's not for everybody. Yeah. There are people who are totally turned off by that. Oh, yeah. And then there are other people who are completely like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. You know, kids, adults, men, women. There's some people who are just like, oh, this is what we do. Okay, I'll do that. True. And the thing, you, and, know? you know, and again, it's and, 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 and because I do like relating it to aesthetics 
and that is and 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 i think there's i really do think that there's uh there are apt there are apt comparisons which is that you know what um it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and i don't think that i don't think that great art is made in a state of comfort Mm -hmm. i think that i and i think that you i think that i i think with my jiu-jitsu you know one of the things that i have to constantly shake off is my wrestling training and i don't just i'm not talking about classic wrestling wrestler who does jujitsu mistakes um i'm talking about being i'm talking about not i'm talking about being willing in terms of learning new things to be willing to fail and get Mm. smashed Mm -hmm. you know it's like uh, you know i'm i i i do a lot of attacking from the top Mm mm-hmm I have a strong passing game mm-hmm. and I'm a great scrambler and I'm really good from standing, mm-hmm. but you know, I constantly have to work on my guard mm-hmm. because I, you know, I spent six years being like, get off your back. Right. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast about this exact same thing today, you know, and it's, and it, and it takes, and I still sometimes in really bad situations mm-hmm. where I'm really not on my game, um, I, I give up my back um, thinking, you know, that, I mean, that's one of the great differences between wrestling and jujitsu, mm-hmm. where wrestling has safe spaces, mm-hmm. right? Your base in wrestling, um, you would, you know, which would be like the turtle position right. in jujitsu. You're not getting pinned. You're, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not getting pinned. You know, you, you, you know, you're it's so. So in that way, I think you know one of the other differences with jujitsu, and again, this is where jujitsu is a little bit more like novel writing to me is just as with novels where you're you know you're in the middle of this world where you have this sort of like you know novels are symphonic you you know or you can you can compare it to like spiderweb you have like you have you have you have um <coughs> strands going out all over the place and and there's a kind of like almost three-dimensional quality to it same thing the attacks in jujitsu are come from all sides and so um there's this weird way just like with a novel where you're constantly thinking about the ramifications of not just your move in chronological time, like if I do this, this, he does that, and and the sequence of moves sets up that, but then there's the ramifications of just position. Mm -hmm. You know, if if I shift my position this way, I'm exposing this or exposing that with him, and it's the same thing in novels and interestingly in novels I'll add this as well one of the things that people don't realize about novels before they start writing them is novels like concrete they take a while to set up like they're much more pliant in the draft stage than mm. most people realize so when I hear about people being like oh you know like I, every sentence is important and I'm like no it's not Hmm. I mean, like, not know, yet, not yet. Well, yeah, well, no, but you're right. But you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Because, so it's kind of kaleidoscopic. Because, well, because the refining process is then getting to a point where every sentence is speaking to the whole. Mm-hmm. But on your way to figuring out some of those macro or micro issues, you can't get too you can't get too hung up on mm-hmm. on, on the small things. You right. know what I mean? Um, so you got to get through that draft. <laughs> yeah. And you got to get to the draft and, and, it, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's so interesting now having gone well, you know, into my second year, I should say it's really more than, than two years. Cause I, I did, I was at Nashville MMA for several months years ago mm-hmm. with, Sh- with Sean Hammonds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it is <laughs> just seeing the people who either catch the bug Mm-hmm. And they get freaking obsessed, or the people who don't survive that initial onslaught, mm-hmm. which goes back, I think, to my advice to the aspiring writer, like the initial onslaught of just sitting in the room, making shit up. And by the way, sitting in the room and making stuff up that's really bad and unbelievable. And withstanding, <laughs> yeah. and withstanding that. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, un- until you, uh, you know, and then suddenly you, you pull a move for the first time, and you really pull it. Yeah. Or you submit somebody for the first time, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, like, yeah, 
oh, I'm figuring this out. I'm figuring this out, which of course, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, it really is about sort of like when you're under the compression of some situation, when you're forced to flail and you know that that's, there's there's nothing left in whatever you're trying to assert yourself towards. Yes. Then that mm. is, to be willing to understand that that's what's going to happen over and over and over again. And I like the idea of how you associated that to sort of like all the little sort of micro kind of embattlements that are in the process. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and I think that I think that in any pursuit, mm. in, in any pursuit, and this is the way that martial arts or writing point to universals in all kinds of things we want we really want the opportunity this is a joseph conradian idea but we really want the opportunity let's go there we really want the opportunity (laughs) he talks about joseph conrad talks about this in the secret chair it's like you really want to see if your ideal version of yourself if your if your true self is equal to your ideal version Uh, of yourself yeah 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 right and uh and you know, I mean, that's that. That's what happened. You know, the beautiful thing, for instance, for me about jujitsu is it. It almost seems it. I, I get I get into magical thinking about it because I swear to God, if I come off a day at Artista and I'm like. <laughs> I was just a motherfucker today. I mean, I was just, I was, I was killing it today. Invariably, the next day, humble pie. I get smoked. <laughs> <Right. laughs> there's some, there is some Brazilian jiu-jitsu got up there. Is like, sorry, <laughs> like, you know, he thought the thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> and that thirteen-year-old, hundred and ten pounder. Yeah needs to arm bar him. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Man. Well, hey, so um, I want to sort of make sure that everybody can understand fully what are all the things that you're offering into the world and where they can find them. And obviously there's the review, there's a lot of things, but maybe you can kind of give the listeners sort of the lowdown on where to yes. find all of your things. So, so the Sewanee Review is at www.thesewaneereview.com. And let's, let's at, spell that. So it's S-E-W-A-N-E-E Review. Thesewaneereview.com. Mm-hmm. Every Everyone go out and subscribe. You will not be disappointed. Uh, my novels, uh, I'm sorry, my novel, Mr. Peanut, and Ladies and Gentlemen, are available through Knopf or uh, on my website, adam-ross.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next book, Playworld, should be out in a couple of years, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And uh, occasionally I write for national pubs. I've written op-eds for the Washington Post, and mm-hmm. I write locally for the scene when the spirit moves me people yeah. can find your can find your article about um, your your yeah, dojo the, at uh, nashvillescene.com correct you can find it on uh, and the, and nashvillescene.com and the framework of that article by the way which we didn't really get into is really about sort of uh, that being sort of a harbinger or, or a, a way to understand diversity that's sort of uh, burgeoning perhaps in the I, I would end by saying culture this, I would end by saying this especially with Joe here who's been here since 92 look it, it boils down to this there's a lot of anxiety about the way in which Nashville has changed yeah but you know what that's the way all change is mm-hmm. and and we get some really good things in the process along with the traffic mm-hmm. and it's really not that bad and it's not that it's bad. just not that bad no. people can be upset but it, you know what like I, I was trying to, i was talking with a friend yesterday and i was like no matter how bad things are we're having like the top one percent of the top one percent of the top one percent of all human experiences that have ever been had it's a good it's a good place to live everybody just settle down yes. everything's fucking awesome yeah it's good uh but yeah so swan and review and um and if people want information about your gym well wow. well uh uh you can follow Artista on Instagram. You can follow Artista on Facebook. And they are right in the heart of, of Green Hills. Yeah. So if you're in Nashville and you're interested in uh, starting a, uh, a jiu-jitsu practice, you can look them up and, and go uh, go uh, try to put Adam in an armbar. So do you, <laughs> and you will. Hopefully, hopefully you catch him on the day after he's had a really good day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and Joe, do you have any shows or things coming up? Or? I don't know if I have anything that that's, that's announceable right now. Um, I've got some things happening, but I'm still... They're sort of in play, so we'll wait till there's something to really nail down. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have anything that comes to mind either. Right now, just, everybody's just digging out from the 
post-mortem of the holiday madness and yes. trying to resort everything. So the holiday uh, madness. I, I barely even understand what's going on right now. I'm but still anyway. waking out from the holiday madness. Yeah. 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 But hey, uh, but thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. It was um, great. Yeah. And Sensei Joe, thank See you. See you next week. See you All next right. week, guys. Talk to you guys <laughs> later. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone